Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. If I have my history right, and it is... yeah. <laughs> The, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I may be totally wrong on this, and so Dr. Jansen can, can correct me on this one. Uh, but from my Tabor days, if I remember my, my history correctly, in 1908 when the school was founded, it was believed that when Jesus went up on the mountain to meet with God, it, just, it doesn't say which mountain, it just says he went up on a mountain, and it was believed that that was Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor is a mountain um, in the Middle East. And so part of that early foundation uh, or that vision when Tabor was founded is that when students would come to this college, that this would be a place where they would meet with God, much like Jesus had ascended, ascended Mount Tabor and met with God there. Now, they now believe that it wasn't Mount Tabor and that it was actually a different mountain, so maybe don't read too much into that. Um, but that was, that was the, kind of the vision and how the school got its name. And so... Um, I, I think it's always so so important and valuable to say, like, what was the original vision when, you know, like for this church? What was the vision that it was founded upon? For Tabor, what was the vision that, that it was founded upon? And uh, so just kind of a, a neat story. I am very grateful uh, uh, for, for David and Karen to be here today. Uh, when you are a college president, everybody wants your time. Everybody wants your time. And I reached out to him, it was maybe like six or eight weeks ago, and I was quite nervous that I was too late. Um, as a general rule of thumb, there are, are certain people just by the nature of their position where I'm like, six months to a year is how early you, you really ought to be placing your request. And, uh, and so I knew that I, I was quite late. But I, I don't know if we got lucky or, or what, but they were very generous and said, we'd, we'd love to be here. And so my, my great thanks to you for that. So... Um, David, if you want to come on up, I'd love to pray for you, and then the morning is yours, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to hearing what you have for us. So. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for the heritage of Tabor, and Lord, we, we pray that that vision and that heritage would continue to go forward, and that this would continue to be a place, Lord, uh, where students and faculty meet you and encounter you and experience you. Uh, and along the way, also get a fantastic education that is applicable for today's world. And Lord, there is a massive responsibility that has landed uh, on, on Dr. Jansen and on his wife, Karen, as well, too. And Lord, we pray um, that you would give them the, the strength and the encouragement uh, to carry this burden. And Lord, as they share with us this morning, that you would be guiding uh, every word that is spoken. And Father, we... Um, yeah, we do thank you for this. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Luke. Okay, if I put that down. Perfect. It is such a joy to be here today. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm just delighted, and it's an honor, and it did work out great. And yes, Tabor, a place to meet God and a place of transformation where God would transform us into the people that he would desire that we be. 
I think the last time I was in this church, I was a Tabor student. So it's been a few years, over 30 years ago. I remember uh, standing right about over here. I was in a, a small music and drama group that came to this church. I was both in uh, as a student and then just right after I graduated in Harvest Crew. Anybody remember Tabor Harvest Crew coming through? Yeah? Okay. Okay. If you would remember, we did this thing with the cups. We did this little uh, um, stacking thing, and um, that was my year. Uh, and so I was one of those cup guys who did the, the stacking thing, and that was a great experience for me. Uh, this church and Tabor College have such a rich, long, rich history. Uh, currently, it continues uh, we have you have two board members from this church. So Craig Queering back there in the sound booth and Mark Jost are currently on the Tabor board of directors. Last night I had the privilege. My wife and I went and saw Lee Jost and I had never met Lee, at least not that I remember. I'd never met Lee, but he had served on the Tabor board for many years and served as the the uh, chair of the Tabor board. And so great service to the college and in particular for the board. Ask your board members, make sure that they are keeping Tabor on mission. That is their job, to keep us on mission, true to our mission. And that's why they've hired me as well, is to keep Tabor true to that mission of pointing students to Christ, of, of seeing God transform their lives. I also have a few personal connections here. Uh, one in particular, recently... Ron and Cora Regeer, some of you might remember Ron and Cora. They live a couple of houses down from us now in Hillsborough, Kansas. They used to live in this community. And Cora stopped us a while back when we were out for a walk and said, I want to tell you a story about your grandma. Ruth Adrian was her maiden name. She married my grandpa, Ted Friesen. And when she was young and single, she was a nurse here in Henderson, Nebraska. And Cora told the story of how her mom claims Ruth saved her life when after some complications with the birth of her sister, um, she was very down and in the hospital. And, and my grandma, Ruth, as a nurse, came and brought joy, brought hope, and blessed her. And that's one of my favorite things of this job is I get to go out and I hear stories. And there to hear a personal story of a relative of mine. That my grandma Ruth was a very precious person. And that she had passed through this church. And so those are a couple of, of short connections that I have. And I really appreciate this church and the long history you have with Tabor. Harvest Missions Festival. I love that you've been doing this 140 years. I would encourage you, don't quit. Maybe you're thinking of doing something different. I don't know, but, but traditions are great, especially when there are good traditions that point people to Christ and they celebrate um, the harvest, but especially, you know, that harvest connection, the agriculture and the Christian, the biblical connection, those, those are tied close together. I know here in your part of the country, it's corn, Right? You plant and harvest a lot of corn here. Well, um, wheat is a, uh, a crop that has been, you know, is in the Bible and has been throughout this area. And my father, the last 25 years of his life, he was a farmer and he grew mostly wheat, but also some corn and soybeans. My father died about a little over two years ago on May 1. And when he passed away, I was in California. I just became president at Tabor College a little over a year ago in July. And before that, I was a professor of computer science and software engineering at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. I was there for 15 years, and I'll get into a little bit of how God had 
called me as a missionary to be in a public university. And when my father passed away, there was still a wheat crop in the field. And here I was in California, and my mom said, David, figure it out. Uh, figure out how we're going to harvest that wheat and how we're going to close down his fertilizer and trucking company and how we're going to move forward. That was a hard time. It was right in the middle of COVID, and so traveling was not easy. Um, but thanks to some great help from people there in Kansas, uh, mostly my job was marketing the wheat, figuring out, making decisions, but we got it cut. And I collected a, about a five-gallon bucket of wheat from that last crop from my father. And I have a little jar of that in my office at Tabor College. And during, especially during that COVID year, as a way of mourning and grieving and remembering my father, I bought a little mill. And, and I should have brought it today if I had known, you know, that that's what you used to do at Harvest Missions is, is you would thresh the wheat or maybe even mill it. And I would mill that wheat into flour. And my favorite thing would be to make cinnamon rolls. And so that was a way of just remembering and grieving my father and connecting with him and those agricultural roots. And I shared some of that with students at Tabor earlier this year and how we all are like a kernel of wheat. As it is, in its raw form, it's not very good. It's not very useful. You can try and chew on a kernel of wheat, but it's really hard and not very flavorful. And, and, and it needs to be transformed into something else. So either you mill it into flour and you can bake something out of it or you plant it and it becomes a blade, a stalk, and it produces a bountiful harvest, you know, 50 times, uh, maybe 50 kernels out of one original kernel. And that's what we desire to have with our students, with everyone, that they would be transformed by Christ into something useful and that they would go out and they would make disciples. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Those are things for actually this afternoon. I want to spend my time today talking about three great C's. This morning we're going to talk about the great confession and the great commandment. And this afternoon we'll talk about the great commission. And I want to weave into that stories. Pastor Luke asked me, he said, do the one thing that only you can do is you can bring us stories from Tabor College. And so it's not going to be a normal sermon in, in that sense. And I'm not a normal pastor. My background, my training is in computer science. I have a PhD in computer science. I never went to seminary. I was never taught how to, uh, to give a sermon. Uh, but I can, I do love Jesus. And I love having a front row seat at Tabor College to see God at work in the lives of our students. And so, actually, I'm going to pray before I read some scripture. Just say one more, ask God to enter our time here. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just ask you, may your word and these stories be glorifying to you. May they inspire us, God, uh, for the work that you are doing and to be a light in the world and to be faithful. And I just ask that your, your words would come out today and not mine, God. And pray these things in your name. Amen. So, a couple of verses on the great confession. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, familiar verses, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
And then in 1 John verses 1, chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know this, I assume you know this, that the first step in God's plan for your life, for everyone's life, is to confess your sins, believe on Jesus, and choose obedience and faithful following of him. That is the first step. And we call this being saved, being born again. It's a requirement of being a, becoming a child of God. Well, I want to just share a few stories of how that's happening at Tabor College. Uh, I'll start with this great story from the fall. And I apologize. If you've been reading Tabor literature, maybe a couple of these stories you've heard already. That's okay. We'll repeat them. This last fall, the second week of classes, I, I had the privilege of speaking the first chapel of the semester. The president always gets to do that. And then the second chapel of the semester at the beginning of the year is something special that we call the academic convo. And it's different than our normal chapels. It's an engaging of the mind. It's a celebrating that we're starting the academic year. And so we're diving into scholarship and intellect and, and how God calls us to study and think and use our mind to glorify him. And, it's, and so it's this celebration of the intellect and the mind. And the faculty are in regalia, like our graduation gowns, and it's a big formal event. Well, as we describe it, this year was a little different. It was the greatest failure we've probably ever had at Academic Convo. Our speaker was a guest speaker from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Noe Garcia, pastor of a big Southern Baptist church there, about 4,000 people. And his wife happens to be a Tabor alum. And he had been invited to come. And he had this whole speech um, lined out, you know, engaging the mind. And, and as he's driving up to Hillsborough from Wichita that morning, and he's describing to his wife what he's going to say, she stops him and says, how much time do you have? You can't say all that. He said, well, I've got 50 minutes. And she said, no, you don't. You've got like 20 minutes, 25 minutes max. He totally had misunderstood the instructions for the day. He got there and he found out, you're right, I only have 20 or 25 minutes. So he threw out his speech and he just gave his testimony. He shared how God had changed his life. And it was raw and it was real and it was compelling and it resonated with our students and our faculty and staff that day. And in his Southern Baptist style, he gave an altar call, an invitation at the end of that message. Not something we would ever normally do at Academic Convo, but he did it. And that day we saw 40 students, 4-0, 40 students come forward and make a first-time commitment to Christ. 40 students. It was amazing. Now, there were a couple of those that were recommitments, and there was at least one that I know of that was a commitment to make a commitment. <laughs> they said, I'm not 100% all in yet with this, but I am determined I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to study God's word, and I'm going to decide if I believe. But for the most part, these were first-time commitments. These were people that were, for the first time, confessing their faith in Jesus Christ. And some people would say, how can that happen at a Christian college? How can there be people making first-time commitments to Christ. Well, what kind of a Christian college is Tabor? We are what I describe as a critical mass Christian college. And what that means is that all of our faculty and staff, coaches, directors, are Christians. That's a part of the president's job, and I'm so thankful for the presidents before me who have made that a point to make sure that everyone we hire has an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So in order to work there, they say you can't even push a broom or drive a mower at Tabor without having an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's a very important part of what it means to be a Christian college. However, we don't have that same requirement of our students. Our students, a majority of them, I would even say a super majority of them come as Christians, wanting to grow in their faith, wanting to take Bible classes and, and go to chapel and, and to be poured into as Christians. But there is a minority of students who come who know it's a Christian college. They're not deceived, but they come for other reasons. And so there's an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And we see that every year. Last year, we in the fall, we knew of at least a dozen students that made first-time commitments to Christ. This year, we know of at least these 40 students. And we see students engaging in that. This year, we have at least, I've been told, 26 student-led Bible studies on campus. 26 at a school of in the 500s. That's a lot of student-led Bible studies. And so students are loving on other students. They're leading them uh, and pointing them to Christ. The overall spirit of campus this year is fantastic. And there's many factors to that, and I can talk more about that if you want to hear it, maybe even this afternoon. But we see this life transformation happening. And that's nothing new. It's been happening for 100 years. I want to tell the story of a young man who spoke at graduation right before I arrived. This young man is like one of these students who came to Tabor not because it was a Christian college. He knew it was a Christian college, but he really just came to play football. And and he was honest with that. And he was one of those guys who sat in the back during chapel and kind of checked out and wasn't paying that much attention. But he had a roommate who loved the Lord, also on the football team. And over the next three years, those Bible professors and in general, professors who loved Jesus were speaking into his life. And those chapel messages started to penetrate his mind. And it took him until his senior year. And we always wish it would happen faster. (laughs) But it took him until his senior year when he realized there's a lot more to life than football. And often that's one of the things that happens is this identity crisis when when students come for something. They come to be in the arts or to be in a sport or to study a certain thing and, and, and they realize my identity is all wrapped up in that one thing. And especially when that one thing is about to end, like their football career is about to, to come to the end and they start wondering, who am I? And why am I here? And what's my purpose? What's my identity? And we have the opportunity to point them to Christ when that happens. And that happened with this young man. And he came to know Christ, and he dove in as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, by people and students that were pouring into him. And he saw a tremendous transformation, and so much so that he said, I need another year at Tabor, and he found a way to be a part of the master's program, if I remember correctly, and he was an RA that senior year. And during that next year, he met a young man who was a first-year student who came to Tabor to play football, and that was his primary reason there. And he started pouring into this young man. And this young man lost his mother. She passed away during that freshman year. And his dad really wasn't a part of the picture. And he very much was alone, didn't have family. And Tabor became his family. We had the great privilege last Easter of being invited to go to church for their baptism. These two guys together, a senior and a freshman, um, getting baptized together. And they had invited the whole football team. They were both football players. And invited us as president and first lady. They wanted 
the world to know that they had chosen to follow Jesus. And it's so great to see how they have just blossomed. And the, the older student is now working at another Christian college as, as a resident director and, um, and in a weight training program there. And it's just great to see how they're being sent out. Many other stories. Let me just tell you a couple more. Um, there's a young man who came to play basketball, and, and he graduated this last year as well. He grew up in foster care. He had no family. At, at graduation, we had the privilege of meeting his grandma. She was just the lady down the street who had kind of informally adopted him and was the only family that he had. She looked very different. This young man was a black man from Minnesota. She was a very white grandma, and they came and celebrated. And he talked about how in his senior year as well, he, through his Bible class, had come to know Christ and started reading his Bible, started memorizing scripture, and he couldn't wait to go to his job and share Christ with the students that he was going to have the opportunity to, to share it with. Just this, and, and this has been going on for many years. I have an uncle who, a very similar story, he, he shared that at a family reunion this last year, how God transformed his life through the ministry of Tabor College. And I'll even just pause right there just to say, this is your ministry. You are a Mennonite brethren church. And Tabor College is an extension of your ministry in the same way as you have children's ministry and youth ministry and maybe men's ministry and women's ministry and missions ministries, many different ministries. You have a college ministry, a young adult college ministry. And some of that might be here, but you have a first-rate college ministry at Tabor College that is an extension of your church and a partner in your church. And so as we celebrate what God is doing, we're celebrating what God is doing through you and through us together. Recently, uh, just this week after dinner, my wife and I ran into a young man who uh, had come to Tabor from California. He almost left halfway through the semester because his best friend back home in California, big city, had been murdered. And he wanted to go and help raise money to help pay for the funeral, and he just felt disconnected from that. But his parents and his, his faculty at Tabor encouraged him to hang in there, stick it out. And he's going back at Thanksgiving for the funeral. But he reflected on how incredibly different Hillsboro, Kansas is from Oakland, California. <laughs> it's a very different place, a different weather. He's gearing up for the winter. He's, trying to, he's, he's looking for a winter coat. Um, but he said, it's so peaceful here. I'm not looking over my shoulder in fear of what might happen, who might have a knife or a gun. I can relax here. It's such a different environment. And people are pointing him to Christ. And we see it. He was on his way to a Bible study. Somewhat reluctantly, because he had, hadn't gotten enough chapel credits and he needed to get more in and this Bible study was going to count. But he was going and he was going to hear again the word of the Lord from another student. Three of our favorite or I'm sorry, four of our favorite students. You're not supposed to pick favorites. Like your kids, right? You're not supposed to pick favorites. But we've got a lot of favorite students at Tabor. And so these are just a few of them. Karen and I, we spend a lot of time in the dining hall and, and getting to know students. We just love getting to know students and hearing their stories and pouring into their lives. Um, but there were these four young men, uh, black men transferred to Tabor from Florida. And they're loud and, um, and funny and fun. And we just somehow connected with them right away the very first week of, of school. And it's been great to see, well, I'll just say, one of the fun, most uh, special events for me this entire semester when I was in the dining hall getting a salad, and I hear kind of off in the distance, President Jansen, President Jansen. 
And I look, and it's these four guys sitting at a table um, saying, come sit with us, come sit with us for lunch this day. It made me feel like a million bucks that they wanted me to come and sit with them. And they were just hooting and hollering, having a good time and good, clean fun. And they were asking me questions about about college and what happens next semester and and how do we sign up for classes and how does this work and they were just having uh, a great experience and just recently in a conversation at the table with them I heard talk about God for the first time in that group about well if God leads us to that one of them was saying if it's God's will this will happen it was great to hear uh, that those things are happening in their lives I taught for many years in the public university and almost every year, I would hear, have a student come up to me and have a conversation about faith. And, and I would hear something like this. Yeah, I grew up in the church. I used to go to youth group. But once I got to the university, my professor in whatever, you name it, in, in uh, sociology, in, in psychology, whatever it was, they convinced me religion is for weak-minded people. And so I put that behind me. And occasionally I would hear a comment like, you seem like a pretty smart guy. How is it you're a Christian? And that just would break my heart. I mean, that was encouraging. That, okay, they think I'm a smart guy, so that was good. I worked real hard at that. But, but it would break my heart. So many students who had grown up in the church and came to the university, and I saw it. I saw faculty who were intentionally trying to steer them away from Christ. And there were some solid Christian faculty in the public university. And I, as one of them, I felt like God had called me as a tent maker, as a missionary to the public university. And even other Christian faculty said, you're going to get fired. <laughs> and, and I never did. But I, on the first day of class, I would share the gospel with students. And I would say, you know, amongst all these things you need to know about me, I want you to know that I'm a Christian and I love Jesus. But it's a public university, so I couldn't say much more than that. It was kind of the first day. But that would invite later conversations that would happen. But it was so difficult and so challenged to, challenging to see so many students that walked away from faith. The first year away from home is one of the most important years of a young person's life. That first year going off to college or into a job or whatever it may be, there, so many people, they're making big decisions. They're often figuring out, who am I? What do I believe? What's my identity? Those are, that's, a, that's a really important set of questions to answer. And often that's in that first year. They're also often figuring out, what am I going to do? What's my vocation? What's my calling? What's my career going to be? And then the third thing that they're trying to figure out often is, who are my friends? Who am I going to associate with? Who are my often lifelong friends? And sometimes, often, who am I going to marry? These are three really big questions or, that, that need to be answered there when young people leave home. And to make those decisions in an environment that is authentically Christian, where people are pointing you to Christ, pointing you down that narrow path that leads to life, I think is the best place to be. And that's why we, Karen and I, decided we want to go back to Christian higher education. We believe so much in the ministry and the effective ministry that's happening there. Well, let me move on to the second C. And we'll keep this one shorter. So the first C is the great confession. The second one, the great commandment. Mark chapter 12 is where we see this. Um, it starts with Jesus telling a parable that was very unpopular with the teachers of the law and the elders. It's the parable of the landowner and the tenants. 
and how the landowner sent his representatives and they beat them. And then finally says, well, if I send them my son, um, they'll surely accept him, but they kill him. And clearly this is an accusation um, to the Christian leaders. And so that's the context here for Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. And I think... What happens here is one of those observers seeing Jesus answer some hard questions said, huh, this guy's answering really well. He's giving good answers. So this is, let me just read these verses. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So in these verses, notice what happened. Again, Jesus pointed out some truths that were convicting, and this Jewish leader um, thought, Oh, he's giving good answers. And so he asked this, this question. Our theme at Tabor this year is all in. And these are the verses that we've chosen as our theme. We desire that every one of us be all in for Christ, to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to figure out what it means to look that way, to walk in that way. I believe that a Christian college, especially an authentically, decidedly Christian college like Tabor College is the best place for young people to come where we can make disciples. You know, there's a lot of great ministries out there, and some of them are kind of short-term, like going off to camp for a week. And those are fantastic. Uh, And VBS, that's fantastic. But what I love about a Christian college is you have time. You have a full year, or often four full years, to pour into a young person's life. That's enough time to mold their character, to shape their thinking, for them to ask hard questions and wrestle with those things and to come make decisions and grow in those decisions. From an anatomy perspective, it's a way of forming or reprogramming those neural pathways in our mind. We've got this great new Masters of Education program at Tabor um, in neuroscience and trauma. It basically looks at how does the brain work and how are those neuropathways formed and what happens when trauma affects a young person's brain and how can we reprogram that um, uh, in, in the classroom and in different ways. And in many ways, that's what we see happening is, in, is we're making disciples amongst college students, and we have time to do that, and I love that ministry. A couple of quick stories, and then I'll wrap up. This year, we have such a great spiritual climate. We've got a number of students that come from Mennonite Brethren Colleges, so one of or churches. One of the things that uh, was started a few years ago was the Tabor 20 Scholarship. It's a very generous scholarship for students from Mennonite Brethren Churches, and it's been very effective. We get about 20 students a year that receive that scholarship. 
And they come, and it's interesting. Not every one of them, but many of them we see are spiritual leaders on campus. There's a young man from South Dakota in particular. I'm not using names because this is being live-streamed and recorded, and I didn't ask for all of these students' permission. That's why I'm deliberately not using their names. But this young man is such a spiritual leader on campus. He started a Bible study the very first week he arrived on campus, is my understanding, with a kid from across the hall. That grew Quickly, they were too big for their room, and, and they were in a lounge, and before long, it was so big that it split off into multiple Bible studies, and he is just so great at inviting people in to meet Christ and walk with him. This is a kid that came from a Mennonite Brethren church. Um, there's others like them. There's another young lady who came to Tabor because she saw what was happening in his life. She said, I want to be where Christ is at work, where revival is happening, and where people are genuinely growing in their faith and ministry is really happening. There's a young man who transferred to Tabor. We were his fourth college. He'd done a couple of junior colleges, and he had some commitment issues, I would say. <laughs> and he kept bouncing around, and he came, and he was there one semester. He was a young Christian. He had chosen to follow Christ before he came to Tabor, but he was young in his faith. But you saw so much leadership capacity in this young man. And after one semester, he was a little disillusioned, not playing enough on the basketball team, and I think I'm going to transfer. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can you know, play, maybe play more. But God, I think, had other plans for this young man, and numerous people poured into his life, just some of it by circumstances. Uh, we just happened to um, uh, have him over for dinner in our home, and, and other faculty members and coaches were just pouring into him and convinced him to give it one more semester. And sure enough, he came back last year in the spring, and he just we just saw so much change in his life, a transformation of commitment and growing up and maturing, and he is now such a spiritual leader on our campus. He's, in fact, our president of Campus Ministries Council, and he's just doing a fantastic job of pouring into others and loving on others. I've got so many more stories I want to tell, but I'm running out of time. So I'll just pause, and we'll have a little time this afternoon to tell a few more stories, and we'll talk about the final C. Let me just finish with this concept of a dream. I have a dream about higher education of the day when Christian higher education is viewed as so valuable, so important for the world that our entire society looks at it, whether they're Christians or not, and says that's where we want our kids to go. It's so good for our society. It's so good for our world that it makes sense. And there are many people that already get that. Some of that dream is already happening today. I have a dream where Christian colleges are some of the best funded colleges and that faculty want to teach at Christian colleges more than anywhere else because they see such a value. And again, some of that is happening today, but not completely. The gospel is offensive to the world. And the world is not knocking down our door as students and faculty coming to strong, authentic Christian colleges. There's more allure to go to places where there's more money, frankly. And so I think God knew that when he established the Great Commission and said, go and make disciples. And that's a big part of what we're doing, is we're sending out disciples. So that's where we will end this afternoon. I invite you to pray for me,
to pray for Tabor, to pray for our students, our faculty and staff, the work that God is doing, to celebrate that work, and just to ask God to continue to use Tabor for his kingdom. It's a joy to be here today. I'm going to close in prayer as I think our worship team is going to come back up, and, and we'll wrap up. Our dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your many blessings. Thanks for this day and for these people and for the faithfulness of this congregation over the years. Thank you even for this building and, and, the, and the firm foundation that it has and it has been in this community and in so many lives of people who have come through here, have learned of you, have grown in their faith, and have gone on uh, to other places or stayed right here but continue to minister. Thank you for the work there. And I thank you for the work you're doing at Tabor College, God. Continue that and may you be glorified in that. We love you, God. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.